How are we doing? Welcome back to Turf More House TV. And we are back with another match preview. As I said the other day, get rid of this international crap. We don't even want to know what's gone on. We all know. Both both of us in this situation have had uh, our nations relegated. So it's, it's not a good feeling, especially when you've had two relegations pretty much in under a year, looking at it from a Burnley perspective as well. A uh, bit of a sickener. However, thank you very much for tuning in. If you are tonight and you haven't before, please do hit that subscribe button. Absolutely smash the shit out of that like button because it really does help the channel grow. And also hit that notification bell if you want to be notified of any future videos. I will just say as well that it was mentioned literally yesterday on the um, prediction show that we should potentially do a Super Six League. And as I said to you before, I've thought about it, about, you know, should I do it? Is it something I'm, you know, will people want to? Uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put it out last night. And okay, we're about five to one in the morning when I put it out. But you guys have been all over it and I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Um, as I say, it is on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter is the link as well. But as you can see it says 18 plus, but I'm sure there's probably a few people in there that are probably younger and then just say, oh, my dad predicted it, try and get the free money. But um, for the purpose of it, it is 18 plus as it is a sort of gambling game as much as it's free. But yeah, please do um, head on over there, check it out. The link to join the league automatically is on Twitter. It's uh, I think it's pinned to the top of our Twitter page as well. So go go check that out and uh, show your support on there. As I say, we are on social media as well. You can find us on all sorts of places. As I say, everything but OnlyFans is where you'll find us. And um, to be honest, here's where you can uh, see our stuff. And as you can see, the the uh, boy wonder of Cardiff is in the hizzles. How are you doing, Nath? You all right? I am very well. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, let's discuss an absolutely mental match coming up this week. And I'm gutted the international break is over, considering what we've been through so far. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. It's been torturous, hasn't it? It's been torturous. Oh, but, absolutely, um... absolutely. But not. How are you? First and foremost, how how are you doing? Um, I am very well, absolutely living life to the full at the moment. I've just had a really class international break with Wales. Yes, we got relegated in the end, but promising signs performances, players playing really well, and also us viewing for the future as well with some of these younger players coming through in the Wales side uh, to progress from the late, uh, from the later years in the likes of Bale, Ramsey, Allen, starting to wage a little bit and moving forward now. But now that's all gone, sadly, we're back to Cardiff City again. Oh, boy. Oh dear, oh dear! It's not That's been a, a great start. It's not been a great start. But um, first and foremost, thank you very much for obviously coming on. I uh, really do appreciate giving up your time. It's a Friday night, um, so I do appreciate it. 
But let people know where they can find you and your stuff and uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm a Cardiff City vlogger, basically when I have time, pretty much. Uh, just search NWM, those three letters, stick it in the YouTube bar. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well at NWMYT. That's where I just talk a load of rubbish all the time. And yeah, <laughs> check that out, basically. Follow my Insta and yeah, that's it. That's that. <laughs> Not happy days. Happy days. Um, the link to your Twitter page and your YouTube are in the description uh, yeah. below. So people, if they want to go check that out, please do get in the description and go and like that stuff. It's there for you to do. Um so yeah, let let's say a couple of hellos first before we get into the uh, nitty gritty of it. Then uh, Carl's in, Carl's back. Um, he couldn't come in last night to last night's stream as he worked late on Thursdays. But hope you're well, mate. Uh, can't wait for tomorrow's game. Hopefully, three points. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a very very tough one, I think. Um, it's just I don't know. I, I feel I feel on edge about this about this one to be honest. But we shall see. Ryan Zinn, Huddersfield Town Fan TV. Hope you are well, Ryan. Um, hope everything is well with your fan self. Uh, Muns is in as well. Hope you're well, mate. Big up, mate. And uh, hope all is good. Yes, all is good in the hood. Um, it is all gizzles in the hizzles, my friend. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he says, I see you on OnlyFans, mate. Shh, shh, shh. She's in. The missus is in. She's listening. Um, but, nah, I haven't. It's only feet picks. How can you tell it's my feet anyway? <laughs> um, Bluebird Legends in says you also appear on my prediction shows, Nathan. <laughs> Come on, it's all about my channel. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why not? Why not? Uh, Ginger Ale is in and says hi, guys. Hi to your bad self. Hope you are well as well. Right then, let's talk Cardiff. Um, I'm sorry to do it to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This season, obviously, not started great. Um, you know, I'm currently still in the search for a manager, uh, etc., yeah. which we'll get into a little bit further on. But give us your thoughts on last season and how you thought last season went and your thoughts prior to these 10 games that have been played. Um, so in terms of last season, my opinion on it was it was a complete and utter disgrace to the club. Um, was we have four derby losses, including the first ever South Wales derby double, which completely embarrassed the fans. And if, well, I didn't upload the video in the end because, quite frankly, I did leave early after that one, went to the concourse and just put my camera away. It got so toxic in there at the end. Wow. Um, another managerial sacking. Players not, not A, fit to wear the shirt, and B, just didn't want to be at the club. Uh, fan base divided and an 18th place finish when we should have finished near the playoffs, which was an absolutely poor season. In comes Steve Morrison, absolutely clears out all the deadwood, all the players who didn't want to be there, all the high earners. Brings in this really, really smart team. Low-wage bill, uh, young, um, developing, experienced players. And, well, started actually quite well. You can see what he's trying to do with the side. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, like we beat that beat Norwich on the first day of the season, had promising performances, couldn't quite get it over the line. Um, for example, Max Waters started the majority of the games, but he's he's hit zero so far, of course. Uh, brought in Callum Robinson, of course, who we all saw that penalty. It was absolutely terrible. Um, just decided to strike it. Tried to do a new no looker when we were actually losing that game. Uh, and then of course wow. Lee Nichols, one of the best players in the well, best goalkeeper in the league, in my opinion, ends up saving it. And then uh, Vincent Tan, Mehmet Dolman do the absolutely disgusting decision and sacking Steve Morrison. Uh, and yet they haven't had a replacement lined up or and then just decide to put his assistant and his coach in charge. So, yeah, not great. Not great at all. No, I bet. I bet. Um, I thought Ryan would be in, especially, obviously, <laughs> as Huddersfield were the last game that you uh, obviously played ahead absolutely. of the international break. Uh, but he says there, Cardiff are always a tricky opponent to face. You guys never make it easy. I mean, the days at Ninian Park were a lot harder. Oh, I must, I must like, I, I can't lie place. that. I missed the place so much. That was so scary. I were a kid then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the away end and that end where all the diehards were is pretty much like just throwing shit at you. Pretty much. For, for 90 minutes, it was, yeah, it, it was, uh, 
yeah, hostile, it, but it, it's stuff like that that you look back now and you and you miss. You feel like an element of that has gone. I mean, what what do you think of you know the stadium that you've got now? Okay, it's it's nice, it's pretty, and everything else, but I, I guess for you, it's a case of you wish it still had sort of notes of Ninian Park. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, with Ninian Park, I like I remember just having our seats at the Bob Bank near the back when. Um, I was well, I, well, I was in my youth back then, um, but it was the atmosphere was just insane. It was our little old lady. I mean, the toilets didn't have roofs. The atmosphere was brilliant. <laughs> in the away end, you had the first few rows of seats, and then you had the standing bit, and then you had boisterous fans in the grandstand next to you in the Bob Bank. It was just hostile everywhere. And then after the game, if if you won, and it was controversial, official. You all had to filter onto Sloper Road where all the Cardiff fans were. So it was just interesting. Whereas nowadays, all the fa- all the passionate fans, in particular where my season ticket spot is, because I I've never touched the seat. But at the other end of the stadium, you have the away fans in the corner, you have the family stand next to you. Uh, because of performances recently, the singing section next to the away end is just gone. Um, and do you have to filter down your own individual away end lane so you don't even see the fans anymore? And it's just like wow. when it started, it was his own stolen ball. And I remember um, driving past the stadium when they announced the name and they were putting it on the stadium. I was never more disappointed in my life when they named it Cardiff City Stadium. Like, where's the history? Yeah. And yeah, no, I there. agree. It's so e- It's so easy for teams to lose that you know, um, background story to them. I mean, we've seen exactly. it with Arsenal, with Harbury, um, you know, West Ham, okay, they've started to have a bit of success, you know, uh, at the London Stadium in recent seasons, but, you know, Upton Park was an iconic stadium for them. Um, it's like I mean, I look at teams like Man United who haven't moved, you know, mm. Man, you know, as much as Old Trafford and, Probably the San Siro as well, you know, that two stadiums that, okay, have served a purpose. They're probably falling apart and they probably do need upgrades or, you know, bits knocking down and rebuilding again. But you you take away a whole, it's just like ripping the heartbeat out, isn't it? It absolutely was. I mean, it was like it for when we left in Indian Park. And that's why, like I was going to say then, um, that's why I looked at teams like Burnley so much, the way that you've modernised the stadium. Like, quite frankly, looking on Sky now since, um, especially when my old man's visited on a Tuesday night and <laughs> absolutely despised every second of it and didn't get back home until four in the morning. Like, Oof. just look at it with the way you've modernised it, that little, um, all those corporate boxes in the corner, LED strips, yeah. like, advertising audience all over the ground still got the like the little nods to back in the day with the wooden seats and everything and just when you have these teams move minus Tottenham have actually done the right thing with the way they've done it and like with in in an essence us we still kept the remnants of the Ninian Park gates and stuff but Swansea's a big one down the road and a number of other clubs it's just like Reading it's there's just no soul there they've just like gone into a retail park, dumped a stadium on top, just put a ring of seats around it. And it's just, there's no history, no character, no soul and no character to it. That's why we need more to more, for example. And that's what they need to do is really to the San Siro and Old Trafford. They have the room to do it. They have the finances. They need to do it. And I just feel bad for fan. Well, for us really, because like Ninian Park surrounded by houses in the main road, we had absolutely no choice, which was just gutting especially for me as well, because we could retain that really well. But when you don't have the room, you've got to move across the road, which is just unfortunate. No, it is. It is. I mean, like you said there, you know, stadiums that are within, you know, housing estates, yeah. Goodison Park, you know, the fact that they're moving to the docks and stuff like that, it's, you know, a similar, similar pattern. I mean, you did mention Steve Morrison. I mean, how did you feel uh, with that sacking? Was it, wrong timing was it or was it uh done too late i mean what what were your thoughts on the whole process well when, quite well i was actually sat right here um i was like watching a bit of youtube and stuff and then i just saw a notification pop on the bottom of the screen saying cardiff city can announce they've relieved steve morrison with immediate effect and i was like no this is a troll account here so i just go on twitter and then i'm like I was just absolutely gobsmacked. So I rang my old man. I was like, yo, you seen this? And he was like, 
And you, I just remember him saying, that is absolutely ridiculous. That's so stupid. And honestly, the fan reaction was just obscene because we were building something really well. Of course, because with the amount, we brought in 17 players in the summer. It was going to take time to gel. Bed, we're moving yeah, away from Mick McCarthy dinosaur football and Neil Warnock, which played for the last 10 years, long ball, um, fast build at play, not holding possession, strong from set pieces, moving to a slower, more fluid, dynamic style of play with the younger squad, uh, with sort of youth players and players in the academy coming through. Yet, I don't know, I don't know what happens, but because we're waiting from the table and I don't know what they're what the clans at the on the board level are expecting, but they just decided to pull the plug on the whole project. Yet back Morrison so far. So like my first reaction was straight away, Tan, you everyone knows him, Dalman, Kenju, get out of our club. That for me, that was the last straw. I've I, I've been very, very criticism like I don't even know if that's a word at this point. God, <laughs> it is I now. Know, it is now. <laughs> uh, but over the last 10 years since their premiership, I've, I've never been fully satisfied in particular for, well, up until 2015, 16, when I was like, protest, 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 joining all of them, tan out all the time. Then I gave it a little bit more. And then like now with the shocking decisions they made over the last few years and then coming to now when they sacked Steve Morrison, for me, that was the final straw for him. And with... <laughs> New it's a new coming. one. It's a new one. It's it's part of the. If you look it up on Google, it's part of the Urban Dictionary. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then, like, honestly, I I think it was completely the wrong decision to make. And if they were going to do it because of performances, even though I think that was completely ludicrous, then his backroom staff should have gone as well. So, like, why sack a manager yet keep the people who are also responsible for it in the post, like his assistant manager? And his first team coach, which just absolutely baffles me. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to change the whole formula, not just one man. Exactly. You know, it's, it, it is a strange, a strange process. Um, I mean, okay. Mark Hudson's currently taking caretaker um, duties at the moment, but for you, the names that have been banded, is there any anybody that? sort of fits the bill for you that you'd be happy with or what what's looking more likely as well at the moment well in turn let's start with sort of the who i've seen and who i'm happy with with the sort of odds at the moment uh so i have three names that really stood out to me the rest i i would just be like oh my god <laughs> i couldn't cope with your mark Hughes's, your tony pulis's your, your chris hutton's oh my god i just no. Uh, seeing those names just make my eyes completely bleed. Like, <laughs> and then you got your names coming up, like Nathan Jones. He's a Cardiff fan. He's yeah. he, he grew up in the Romva, and if you obviously saw him when they beat Swansea uh, last season, when he went into the crowd, was doing all this, just riling him up and everything. Um, he would be a dream, dream one for me. He'd throw so, so much passion into that squad, but at the same time, as I've alluded to, it, it, he's the right Cardiff manager. He will be a future Cardiff manager, but. Under this premiership, I know it wouldn't work considering some of the names who've come through the door and been swiftly outed. Rob Edwards has been touted a lot as well, but at the same time, I see him as another Steve Morrison sort of thing where they'll give him a run of games. They, they'll they play well, but we won't get the results. And then come 10, 15 games down the line, Tam will once again pull the plug on it. And then another name that I, I really quite like, but it's, a, it's about wages and also about the style of play as well. Like I remember uh, when he was Fulham manager and also Bournemouth last year where they both beat, well, the first leg they, well, first time they drew 1-1 against us with, uh, when he was at Fulham, Harry Arter famously got sent off. Of course, he was playing for us the previous season. And then he got, and then the second season, he got a 1-0 win um, against um, us as well, where they scored the first goal and then they were just passing it around from the back. I think they had like 85% possession and refused to take it forwards. Um, obviously, the name being Scott Parker, of course. Um, I do like it. He would do well with a young squad. He's got the passion there. He's got the drive. But it's that massive style of play that concerns me. So, quite frankly, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen at the moment. They, apparently, they're going to give Hudson a few games. But if he doesn't get it right, I want to know what they have planned. No, that's that's fair. That's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. As a fan, you want, you know, you... you 
Absolutely. You want your club to give you a little bit of transparency. And if you're not going to get that, I think that just adds more fuel to the fire. I mean, I know one name that got mentioned, I'm going to mention it up just due to the fact that he's now company's number two. Um, Craig Bellamy obviously got mentioned potentially about going in. I mean, what would your thoughts be on that? I mean, obviously, he's a he's a he's another Cardiff boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, would, would he sort of be welcomed home with open arms? Uh, by the fans, he absolutely 100% will. And I don't know whether you guys know or not or the chat as well, but he was actually our under-18s manager for about two or three years. And then he got rolled in a bit of controversy and then ultimately fell out with Vincent Tan, which ended Ooh. up which fe- ended up leaving his post, which under the last 10 years, which a lot, well, has been reported in the media a lot. Loads of employees, loads of former managers, loads of people on the directors have fallen out mass in particular with Vincent Tan as well. So I can see him getting the job one day. It's like a Nathan Jones, but in this instance, yeah. because of that relationship again, he, that he has with the owners, I can't see it happening under this regime, which really does gut me because um, he, he would, he would throw everything into it. He would throw everything into his boyhood club. Like when he had his first spell at Cardiff, went back to Liverpool, played us in the Car- um, well Carabao cup back then it was called the Carling cup final. Carl, that was a mental day. I was absolutely gutted in the end. <laughs> I, I I don't know why Anthony Gerrard missed that penalty, but I remember was that when 2012, ben, that, one? that was 2012. Yes, uh, against uh, Luis Suarez, Bellamy was playing for Liverpool. Dirk Counts, wow. Kenny Dalglish was manager back in the good old days. But I remember <laughs> when Ben Turner scored that last minute goal. Bellamy was in the background, like, "Come on, <laughs> he was celebrating for us when he's playing for them." But, Oh man, he he throw everything into it, like I was saying. But ultimately, goes back to the dreaded and annoying situation with the owners. But yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think it'll happen. Which it's just annoying, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say about Vincent Tan and the regime. I mean, he didn't really get off on the best foot, did he? I mean, coming in and going, oh, red's a winning colour, so let's change blue to red. I mean, that's going to piss off the fan base straight away. I mean, (laughs) the guy guy seems to have just, I don't don't know what they have to do now with these fit and proper tests. I really don't. Um, I think they just see pound signs now and it's a case of, oh yeah, you've got enough money to run a club, we'll accept it. But, with Vincent Tan, it's completely different. Like you say, he's, he's pissing off people left, right and centre. He's he's making sure that things are his way when, you know, we've, we've grown up watching football where managers have been the ones that have come in and almost told the chairman what to do. Absolutely. So now it's a case of these chairmen sort of, and we see it with Watford, you know, they're quick fire at the, at the moment. Yeah, it's like um, the manager breathes, he gets sacked at this rate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's crazy. The the things that obviously, uh, well, you've already said it, that Vincent Tan and the rest of all his motley crew in the background all, all need to, you know, do one. Um, yeah, basically, what you said Morrison going was the final straw. What is it going to take to get that? Is there any rumour of him wanting to sell the club? Is he wanting out? Or is he? Is, is there anything there in that? Um, I will say this bluntly, um, and every fan will back me on this. We don't know. There is absolutely uh-huh. no transparency, no communication or anything with the boards. I mean, his little puppet, or shall I say the chairman of the club, who I think is the main problem, even over Vincent Tan, he goes on talk sport like every every six months, just talks like a politician, doesn't really say anything. He gets asked the old question, waffle, doesn't say anything. I know he he made all these promises back over the years. He said he was going to rebuild the training ground, clear the debt, uh, get us into a stable position in the Premier League, which in all fairness on the pitch a few years ago he has tried to do, but not to much avail. Unite the fan base and get us back up there. But training ground hasn't happened. I know that the improvements have been made to the existing one, but I know there's been issues with planning. But again, there's been promised for the last 10 years he's had time to do it. Um, in terms of clearing the debt, £108 million in debt over COVID. 
that hasn't been cleared. Wow. Uh, the amount of just sackings and the position we are now, we're actually in the worst league position that we've had since the early 2000s when we still had Sam Hammam in charge. I'm sure that's wow. a name that hasn't been mentioned in years. I mean, we've gone from Sam Hammam to Peter Ridsdale to Vincent Tan in the last 23 years. Uh, Aren't, so you meant it, to, aren't things meant to get better in time? <laughs> I thought they were, but the thing you got to remember is this is Cardiff City Football Club. you got to go through the bad times to get to the even bad times, you know? But <laughs> I, I don't know, like, uh, the, when the red came in, everyone was furious. There were, We had every match at 1927, scarves up, we'll always be blue protest. Then we had full marches. I mean, we even got permission from Cardiff Council, the police, to close all the roads from the city centre to this ground to do protests happening all the time. And then we got to 2015 when we were struggling in the championship. This was under the days of Oligan and Solskjaer. God, that was shambolic times wow. at all. Um, <laughs> when we were just doing everything from boycotts back to the, uh, turning our backs to the um, pitch and everything, all sorts refusing to buy anything until he had to eventually uh, change his mind. But there has been the odd hint of him wanting to sell. Um, like in particular, he's no longer a billionaire as well. Um, but at the end of the day, there's really been a lack of communication between board level and fan level. I remember the supporters trust as well. One of our fan groups, they did a thing where they wanted to get a load of fan suggestions. They pitched them to the club and also criticized them in an open letter. They dismissed wow. the ideas completely, even though they wanted them and then failed to recognize them as a proper supporter group, even though they're on the club's website. They've backed them for the last few years. They have an office in the stadium and they've done so much for the club, which is just completely balmy. Yeah, so just a bit. It's just insane at this point. It is. It is. I mean, speaking of insane, you mentioned the astronomical numbers in terms of uh, signings. Uh, yeah. I mean, what have you made of your transfer business? And obviously the position you're in, you'd have been expecting better. But I mean, the players that you brought in, once... Once you find the right formula and the right man to uh, to get it in motion, do you think it will it will pay off? And um, like I said, what do what do you make of the transfer business itself? Um, personally, in my opinion, I thought we had an absolutely spectacular window, considering the amount of outgoings from last season. I mean, who remembers the Aidan Flint, the Marlon Pax, the Leandro Bakuna? I remember he was frozen after the out of the squad after doing a scissors tackle on Philip Billing in the first half, where he just got a straight red on the halfway line. Like that was absolute lunacy, and he was on about twenty five thousand pounds a week in the championship. Wow! Like all there were so many overpaid players who were just they were just picking up their wage checks, making the most catastrophic mistakes, and well, Morrison just completely cleared it out. He's brought in so many progressive young players, which. Every time I saw it, we signed a new player. I was like, oh, this is an amazing signing. Your Jamalou Collins is, please get well soon. You were amazing at the start of the season. Ibuwe Adams, who's also out injured as well. Callum Robinson coming in. Um, also, Ryan Wintel returning from London Blackpool. He's been superb. Romain Sawyers, um, Rina Mota as well. Cedric Kipre, um, Marlon Romeo, who I thought, I thought that was a bit dodgy of a sign at first from Millwall, but he's turned out to be one of our best players as well at right back. Wow. Um, so ultimately, with the amount of changes that there has been and players coming back from injury, including the young guns, such as our Ruben Colwells, who's, who's only in his late 20s, getting consistent Wales calls and actually playing as well. And your Isaac Davis, when it gets time to gel, then it's going to push on. But I knew we were sort of going to be in this early stage position at the, at the start of the season because at the end of the day, these are players who've never played with each other before. It's going to take time for them to build the chemistry, but it was going to progress at the end of the season. But honestly, to pull the plug at it now and not have a mantra of where to continue from there, it's just absolutely crazy. It is. And the it ways is. that the club want to go too, personally. I mean, I, I don't... Obviously, I understand you lost uh, Alex Smithies to uh, was he out of contract or did uh, yes he was out of contract and I think he was on about £29,000 a week he was one of the highest earners wow um, and person I know I got a lot of heat for it on my channel as well but I thought some of his performances from time to time could have been a bit better in the season mm -hmm. um, and for me it was the priority to get the wage bill right down and I yeah. think it was a very good decision to 
move him on. And I was surprised he got that Leicester deal, actually. I want to know his agent <laughs> personally, because, um, yes, yeah, quite frankly, sign me up, to be honest. Sign you up as well. <laughs> you, you probably get a decent club at like, um, League One level, let's just say, and whatever yeah, he has, you know. Uh, but... 100%. It, was it similar with Tommy Doyle as well? Because obviously, uh, as you say there about clearing the wage bill, I always thought, to be fair, I honestly, I honestly thought Burnley would have gone in for a player like Tommy Doyle when, yeah. you know, company came in thinking, ah, I've known this lad from, you know, the City Youth side of things previous. But yeah, he ended up moving on to, was it, is uh, it Sheffield United? Sheffield United, yeah. I mean, good move for him, but. A player that's missed in midfield, would you say, or are you happy to see the back of sort of so you can progress in other areas? I thought when he came on loan, when was it around uh, January? Um, it was when Ryan Giles uh, got recalled from Wolves. I don't know why they did it and then sent him straight back out. It was just ridiculous, quite frankly. I don't know why, like Wolves, just completely messing with us again. I know we've had loads of problems with that side in the last few years as well, in terms of their management and us playing them and fans and all that sort of stuff. But bringing in Tommy Doyle from Man City, his first major move since coming in from uh, Hamburg, where he didn't do particularly well, I understand there. But he was superb when he did leave and went to Sheffield United. I was like, oh, no, what are we going to do here? Rinomota, Romain Soyes, Ryan Winsall with a captain's armband, Joe Riles with another long-term contract. To be honest... Not much of a loss, but it would be someone to have great for depth and on his day, always so good in the championship. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, let's talk about your last game then, the Uddersfield game. Yeah. Um, a narrow 1-0 loss. Um, obviously, probably a game that you'd probably hope for a back-to-back, -back, you know, wins in, potentially, you know, after the 3-2 win over Borough. What did you make of that Huddersfield game and how do you think you played in that one? Uh, personally, for me, I don't think it, was, it wasn't the greatest of performances at all. Like in midweek against Middlesbrough, we were absolutely superb in the first half. The attack was free, free flowing. The players weren't afraid to shoot, which they've been doing a lot this season. Callum Robinson got about two or three assists in that game, which was just superb. Callum O'Dowder, never signing a goal mention for Bristol City over the bridge. Yeah, he's superb a good, good little player in. Yeah, he, the way he's revitalised his career as well, coming to us. He was a bit on and off at Bristol City, but coming to us now, Morrison really made him that player that he was destined to be. But at the end of the day, Morrison did actually change the side, which I was a bit apprehensive about, and the way we played at the end of that match as well against uh, Middlesbrough, just letting everything through defensively. Like, Keeper has a mistake in him, but he's been solid this season. And, like, we go to that Huddersfield game, and... I don't know. I just don't know what happens. Just defense was letting everything through. Wow. Uh, we they would it was just free flowing from Huddersfield. Of course, they had that new manager bounce as well, uh, and just like we could have easily got a draw out of it. But of course, Callum Robinson did that ludicrous penalty. There goes the one nil. There goes the three points. Defensively shocking, and then that's what cost Steve Morrison his job, which I didn't agree with. No, no, I think. Uh, I you know, a few Cardiff fans when it came out, I'd seen their reaction and they were like, what, really? Yeah. Like, he was, you know, again, like you said earlier, he was sold a lie and told that he'd be backed and that, you know, it's about, sorry if it's any Arsenal fans that are in, but it was about trusting the process. Absolutely. Uh, and Which all the fans bought into and wanted to yeah. happen. Like, our fans were happy for at least a 12th place finish. Like I said, 12th place minimum for us to have a good season considering the last... Ever since we got relegated from the Prem in 19, it hasn't been pretty sailing at all. So I was like, right, if we finish above 12, that's a really good season. But anything below, we've had another poor one. You've got, at this point, with the amount of derby losses and how things haven't been great, you've got to give the fans something to cheer about and something that they can be looked forward to going into the future. But like I said, we haven't got that. And now that Morrison's been sacked again, we're all panicking. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um... Going into the game then on Saturday, um, yeah. three o'clock kickoff in your own backyard. Um, it's a game you're looking forward to, a game where potentially you expect Cardiff probably to be at their best because that you know you could 
I'm I'm trying to say this without being yeah, big headed. Well, yeah. But you know when I'll I'll say, say I I used to say you know when Burnley would used to be in the Championship and it was a case of they'd play the likes of Rotherham and Millwall and it'd be a case of you get beat, but you'd play your high end teams that were playing in there in that division at the time and you'd get a result. Yeah. Um. Is it a little bit like that with Cardiff? Um, it is a little bit to be honest, but I don't, I don't know why I'm like really don't know what to expect to be honest. Like the thing is, we don't we haven't been hinted on what team Morrison's uh, not Morrison Mark Hudson's going to put out, what philosophy he's going to play if he's going to continue with the same style of play or switch it back to what it used to be or anything like that. Like I really don't know. And just looking at the squads on paper, um, of course Connor Roberts he's going to get a wonderful reception tomorrow. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, considering his uh, his comments, which actually aren't exactly truthful, uh, than what he's saying, like Bellamy's not a true Cardiff, he's not a Cardiff fan. That that's just ridiculous. And the fact that Bale doesn't support a Cardiff either, come on, Connor, don't lie there. Like the fact we're gonna have to cope with the likes of Teller, Jay Rodriguez, Josh Brownhill's been playing at that number ten. I understand. I think yeah, he has, yeah, been playing that four two three one, hasn't he? If yeah. I'm correct, yeah. yeah. If we can, it's just the case of trying to sort of work around that system and with just with some of the plays you've got. Like, I, I was really impressed with your transfer window as well at the start of the season. It's really the way that Morrison has to... Not Morrison. Why am I always saying Morrison? God, I'm too used to this now, aren't I? <laughs> with the way that Hudson has to set this out, he has to set it thinking that, right, we've got, we got Burnley. What's their weaknesses? If we can play to their weaknesses and our strength, we can get a winner instead of implementing it straight away. Remember, Tan's giving him three games to impress. If he doesn't do that, him and Ramasert are going to be out the door just like Morrison was, which is just painful to see. But, yeah, if they get the system right, then they should... Oh, of course he will. <laughs> <'cause you're mad laughs> just, I don't want that celebration that they all do. I, I won't go into detail on what that is, but... Uh, yeah, if we can... If we can break down that defence, like um, get through uh, Bayer and uh, Howard Bellis, is that who you've been playing as well? Yeah, yeah, he's been playing at the back, yeah. Yeah, if we can sort of break that down, get through, because if especially if Brownell's been moving forward along with your two wingers as well, if we can sort of overrun your midfield, pile a lot in there, maybe if you if we play our typical Rinomota, uh, Remain Soyers, and then maybe a Joe Rolls as well for that defensive reinforcement. Get that to push forwards, overrun it, make your Ojos and your O'Dowders and also your Callum Robinsons just run through it, uh, pass it across goal in the net, then we should be able to get something. But defence needs to be more solid than it has been under uh, Morrison. Uh, get the set pieces, which we've been a shambles at. Traditionally, Cardiff, stereotypically, we're very, very strong at set pieces. That's under the Warnock days especially. Uh, but ever since then, it's been an utter shambles. If we can get that perfected, get them learning the set pieces, then uh, that'll be something encouraging as well. But for me, if we can grind out a draw tomorrow, give the fans something to be happy about, um, lessen the toxicity, toxicity that which we know is going to happen tomorrow. Um, everyone is expecting it. But if we can lower that down, tone it down, make the fans happy, get them back in the team, get them back in Mark Hudson, then we could be playing sailing from there. But it's just at the end of the day, if how hungry the players are, how hungry the players are to play football and get in the team as well. Um, and just see, really see what happens. It's a bit of an unknown game going in at the moment for me. No, fair shout. Um, who would you say we should look out for then from your your eleven? I mean, who, who's the danger man for Cardiff that we really need to keep an eye on? Um, for me, it's your... Remain Sawyers is your Rinna Motors. And I would at the start of the season, I would have said Jamanu Collins because he had the best start as a left back in the league and he was absolutely sublime. But we got um Nkunku coming in at that left back from uh, Everton now. He's really good going forward, but defensively he's a bit of a shambles. But he's one to look out for as well. New signing in Callum Robinson is going to be superb. Callum O'Dowder up there for one of my favourites of the season, really coming to his own in this side, weaving in and out defences, supplying assists, scoring goals, not afraid to shoot either. And then at the back, Cedric Kipre and Perry NG as well. Solid centre-back partnership, which is developing now. Yes, as I said earlier, they have a mistake in them, but it needs that time to develop. Learn the chemistry. 
course, NG has moved from a right back to a centre back to allow uh, Marlon Romeo uh, to get into that position. Uh, so he's going to have time to learn. He's going to have these mistakes, but that's just a highlight of some of the men there to look out for. Ruben Colwell is another one as well, but I believe he has a bit of a knock. I know he's been suffering from growing pains in particular and other injuries. I mean, he's only 20 years old at the end of the day, but yeah. he's an absolute beast now. He's like uh, six foot one, six foot two um, at that wow. age. Muscular. He's like, wow. he's like Ronaldo times two of what he was back in tw- um, 2004. He's like a, He's going to be huge at some point. That kid's yeah. just inhuman. <laughs> I mean, Sam says he had basically what I was going to say in regards of Burnley's danger men is pr- probably you know, Ian Matson potentially from left back likes to get you know have a so have a bit of a run sometimes. Um, Nathan Teller's been absolutely phenomenal. I've fallen in love with a lone player and a, and. A, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, and yeah, Manuel Benson, again, I mean, he's just, he, I think some of these players are starting to really find their feet in, and I know it's only 10 games, but you're starting to see the fact that they know they've got to work a little bit harder than what, probably yeah. where they've been and played before. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to make for a good game. It's going to make for a good game. But I do I do agree with Simon's comment there. Luke's in. Um, hope you're well, Luke. True Red, big up. Um, big up to your bad self. Um, so I'll give you a scenario. Mark Hudson rings you up in a, in a panic, and you're like, "Shit, wasn't expecting this." It's like, "Listen, I need you to pick my starting eleven <laughs> tomorrow. Otherwise, Tan said he's coming in and he's picking it. So give me it now, and then I can pass it in. Who would be your starting eleven for tomorrow's game? For me, I think it's very self-explanatory. Um, Ryan Allsop in goal. Been solid all season, coming in from Derby. He has let in a few, but at the end of the day, from what has gone in, it's mainly been the defence's fault. And then for me, it goes a back four, I'm going to say, just. I was thinking about a back five to change up the system a little bit, make something new. But a back four of Mullen Romeo, Perry NG, Cedric Kipre, and I'm going to say, I know it's going to upset a lot of Cardiff fans with his defensive performances recently, but Niels and Kunku. Midfield three, I am Joe Rolls. I'm going to put on the bench just for now to come on in second half. Ryan Wintle, CDM, and then Romain Sawyers and Andrew Rinomota. Then in front three, Callum Robinson on the left. That's the left. Then we have Shea Yojo on the right. And then up top, new signing Callum Robinson. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I mean, I hope it's good. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know what company is going to do. I, I love the transparency we get with company. You know, after the West Brom game, when we were one 0 up until the ninety plus sixth minute, and then conceded. And he said, "If we'd have won that, we wouldn't have deserved it." We, you know, we. I just love how open and honest he is. I mean, there was a manager should be, you know. It, well, there was a, an interview we did, and somebody asked him a question, and he said about all oh, you, you know. You've had a week to prepare, uh, an extra week to prepare. Uh, have you been, um, have you been getting on, getting on the? Um, and then he said something else, and then come and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought you said have I spent my week getting on the piss?" <laughs> and and it, it, it like literally just went out and said it. And to be fair, I just love the fact that he don't care. He just doesn't care. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's weird when company were announced. I thought this is a bit strange. I mean, you've gone from dinosaur dash to to like company to be fair, ball. The manager I would like at Cardiff just to save things, but a lot of fans wouldn't like it because obviously going back to what they some of them don't want to see, but it's what the majority would want. Like I remember walking down Sloper Road the other week, and people were saying, "I miss the days when we didn't care about style of play. We were going out for the win under Warnock." smashing it up long to a junior hoyler, score winning 1-0. And yeah. you're going to have the fans like that in every fan base. I mean, a lot a lot of the Cardiff fans, it's very different to down West. A lot of the Cardiff fans are happy to say, look, I don't know, I don't care how we play as long as we win. It doesn't have to be pretty, but if we get the three points, we go unhappy. And that's what Steve Morrison in particular is trying to move away from and start to play a bit of nice football catching on the eye. But for me, 
the way Burnley have done it from going from, of course, Dinosaur Dykes, as you said, uh, over to Vincent Company, changing the style of football, high possession, high passing. It'll take time. You may not finish in the playoffs this year. You might do. That'll be a successful season. But at the end of the day, give it time to bed in. And then the next year, really knock on, go for the title. Spend a bit more with the parachute money. And then you could be onto a good one. But um, yeah, it, it really is just about patience and allowing the transition to happen at the end of the day. It is. It totally is. And I, I've said that from the start. I mean, you are going to get people in the fan base that are like, right, nah, that's it. We've made yeah. all these signings. We're going back up. You know, I were realistic in my prediction of where we'd finish. I said we'll finish eighth. You know, I thought we'll miss out on the playoffs because there'll be a few games where we just, you know, don't turn up or we get found out. Um, which, you know, you're going you're gonna to get. There's a lot of... It's so... The Championship compared to the Premier League is so unpredictable. And I think even though we've been out of it for so long, coming back to it, it's like, no, it's changed. You know how hard it is that once you're in there, getting out is going to be a massive struggle. Um, I still expect us to struggle every week. I don't expect to... I don't look at a game and think, oh, we're going to win this. We're going to... Oh, this is a piece of piss. Okay, there's part of me that goes, there's going to be one game very soon where I think there's going to be a team that gets a really good dick in from us. And we, we're going to like tra- uh, thrash, thrash, thrash them. Yeah. But I, I, right now, I'm just happy with the fact of playing this possession-based football, playing it out from the back, trying to you know create opportunities, trying to be like a B-Tech Man City in a way. <laughs> um, it's... I mean, he's got the experience, to be fair, hasn't he? Well, yeah. I and mean, I, I, I jazzed it up then by saying... Yeah. B-Tech Man, uh, Man City. It's more like Poundland Man City, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but you know, we roll with it. And to be fair, when, when company came in, he said, results will come eventually. What I want now is fans to put their asses on seats and to be able to go home at the end of a match going, wow, like the way we played in that game, we deserved more. Or just the way we played football was something to be in awe of. And, uh, and he's stuck to his word. He has stuck to his word. And speaking of managers, obviously Hull lost their manager today. Simon says that Hull are shit. And uh, Luton are two up. Wow. Wow. Um, embarrassing. Embarrassing. And Carl's going for a 2-0 Burnley. Fair play. Fair <laughs> play. Um, so, yeah, basically, last thing to really ask you is uh, your prediction, your scoreline for, tom- for tomorrow's game. Now, what do I go for here? Head or heart? <laughs> I'm going to go with heart. I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. Ooh. And that is heart, by the way. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I take that. I take that. And I think a lot of fans will go, wow, why Cardiff for 18th? We're up there. We should be getting the points. But it's still very early. We're still adapting. We're still learning. Don't be greedy. A point on the road is nothing to be sniffed at. So I, I, I'd quietly take that. I'd quietly take that. Although I am, I have in the predictions league yesterday gone for a Burnley win. <laughs> um, to be fair, I've, I'm, I'm same as Carl. I have gone for a two 0 Burnley win, and I feel bad that I haven't given Cardiff a goal in that. To be fair, so I'm, I'm going to say two one now. I'm going to say two one now. I'm going to be fair. Um, I can smell the, I can smell the atmosphere from here with that scoreline. <laughs> I can smell it. But yeah, if we score, I'll be happy tomorrow, quite frankly, because we, we need something to just a little bit to cheer about. But at the end well, of the day, if, if we come out with a draw, I will be absolutely ecstatic, personally, considering the way you guys have been playing this season and with what has happened with us recently. But yeah, it's, it's just a waiting game because a lot of unknowns for us Hudson, see what he does, and yeah, just uh, bring on two o'clock when that team's announced tomorrow. Really, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting one. It certainly is. Um, first and foremost, thank you very much for uh, giving me, you know, a good fifty minutes of your time. Um, <laughs> as I say, on a Friday night, I know the drinks dry now, so that needs topping up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much again for coming on. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, massive let let people know again where they can find you and your stuff 
Now, first of all, thank you for having me on, of course. Uh, thanks for inviting me on on this Friday night. Anytime. Uh, Anytime. Thanks to oh, amazing. Thanks to everyone in the chat as well who's been commenting. Big ups to all the chat and uh, best of luck for tomorrow, of course. Um, yeah, just type in NWM if you want to see, uh, well, mainly rants at the moment and and some good Wales vlogs, some really good Wales vlogs. Um, if if that is what you get excited about. Um, and yeah, follow me on Twitter at NWMYT, Instagram at NWMIG. Don't know why that's different, but we move anyway. And yeah, <laughs> uh, best of luck to Bernie for the rest of the season and bring on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, likewise, likewise. Good luck for the rest of the season. Obviously, tomorrow it's a case of, you know, sort yeah, of more absolutely. like that instead of like that. Um, but no, thank you very much again. As I say, please do go check out the links to uh, Nathan's channel and to, I think the Twitter link is in there as well. So go and show your support. Smash likes on this video as well if you haven't already. That is that's the key thing. And subscribe if you haven't. What are you playing at? If you're here and you're watching, you may as well click the button. It costs nothing. I'm not taking money out your pocket. I'm a northerner. I'm poor as it is. Um, so don't worry about it. Just please uh, do smash that like button and hit that subscribe button. Uh, it really does help. The notification bell. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> thank you very much, everyone, for watching. As I say, um, massive thank you to everybody who listens on the podcast platforms as well. And as I've said numerous times, I, I completely forget to shout it out enough. Um, but you, you've been listening in your numbers and I really do appreciate it. So this will be available on podcast platforms within the next, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. I will get it all sorted out. And um, fingers crossed, people traveling far and wide to the game tomorrow have something to listen to on their way to the game. But for now, thank you very, very much for watching. I do appreciate it and appreciate, obviously, your time as well, Nathan. So thank you for that. Right. And we will see you on Monday. Monday? <laughs> yes, Monday. Nine o'clock on Monday when I will be, or potentially before, there might be a match reaction. We shall see. Um, but Monday is concrete. We are speaking to a Stoke City fan. Uh, ahead of Wednesday's fixture, which should be another tasty one. However, it's Friday night. Go and enjoy yourself. You don't want to listen to me chat shit for any longer. Take care. All the best and enjoy your weekend. Stay safe.